bits. If you'd like to turn in a Bible, if you've got one, there's some on the sides, and I'm sure the text will come up behind me as well, but if you'd like to turn in a Bible, it's good to turn to a Bible. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we're back in 1 Corinthians. Uh, as you know, we, we've taken a break, and we've been doing some other things, and we're back now looking in the book of 1 Corinthians in the New Testament, and we're going to be doing that for the next few weeks. We're up to chapter 13, the end of chapter 13. As you know, as a church, if you're, if you're here as a visitor this morning, you're really welcome. We like to go through the Bible, the whole Bible, and that means there's some challenging teaching in it, isn't there? Isn't there? Yeah, there's some challenging teaching in the Bible that we have to grapple with. Because it's not all—it's not all just—it's got some challenging things that challenges all of us. So, if you'd like to turn your Bible to one Corinthians chapter thirteen, eight to thirteen, but I want to begin just by today. I'm talking about faith, hope, and love. Say faith, hope, and love. These are the most important attributes that you can have. I, I think that's true. And we've got to know what they mean. Faith, hope, and love. These are the attributes that we should approach every day and every situation, every challenge with. If we were people of faith, hope, and love, our lives would be as God wants them to be. Literally, these are the most important attributes. And they are eternal attributes as well. They last forever. There's nothing more that I need to work on in my own heart, mind, my own character than having faith, hope, and love. So what we're talking about this morning is of paramount importance to you. It's under, challenge, it's under threat though, isn't it? Faith, hope, and love. I feel my faith, my hope, my love is constantly under attack. Can I trust God? for this challenge in my life. Helen was just mentioning about change, you know, the challenges in our economy and so on. Can I trust God in this situation? My faith, my hope, my trust, my love. It's under threat, under challenge. Do I really have to keep being kind to this person that I find hard to like, let alone Love. And if you're honest, you feel like that probably on most days. Right? My love is, is, is stretched by some of you and some others in my life. And in fact, I'm, I stretch my own love, to be honest with you. We're meant, we're meant to be kind to ourselves, aren't we? And oftentimes, I look at myself in the mirror and think, goodness me, do I have to keep putting up with myself? Maybe you feel that was way as well. You will do. This, this, is, this is true for all of us, isn't it? As I said, the current economic challenges we're in, I worry about you. I worry about the church. I worry about ourselves. Can we, how are we going to fare in this? The war in Ukraine. Is there going to be escalation in this? I mean, it's sort of in the background, isn't it, in the news? But the reality is, do you realize how, how threatening this is? This is like, monumental my faith my hope my love am I going to pray for it am I actually going to intercede for it am I going to love the people of Ukraine and Russia enough to pray 
my faith, hope, and love is stretched, as is yours. Your faith, hope, and love, your faith in God is being stretched all the time. Daily, circumstances of your life, of my life, the changes in the nation, the shaking of the nation. You, you can forget, I was looking through my, my, my journal yesterday for last month, and I write a journal every single day, and I, and I have a, a little, a little ones, if you know me, I do a one-second video journal every day of something. And I was looking through my diary yesterday, and I you can forget, the Queen died. We queued up and went to her, um, went to see her lying in state. That happened so recently. We've got a new prime minister, and that's not been plain sailing, has it? New budget, like. Leaders, not, leaders are struggling, aren't they? The, our leaders are struggling. We need to pray for them. Faith, hope, and love. Your faith, hope, and love is being challenged by this. How are you going to fare? How am I going to fare? How's my family going to fare? How are my friends? You will, in different ways, be being challenged. Loss of job, insecurity of work, health challenges come to all of us, don't they? As cultural norms in the nation change, we feel as Christians more threatened and worried and maybe outraged, maybe scared. Are we going to have faith, hope, and love? Our flesh and sinful desires challenge our faith, hope, and love. God wants to teach us today to apply the eternal, unchanging principles of faith, hope, and love. So let's learn, let's read now from 1 Corinthians 13, 8 to 13. Love never fails. Say, love never fails. Wonderful. But where there are prophecies, they will cease where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, you could say obviously a woman. When you become a woman, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection, as in a mirror, then we shall see face to face. Now we know in part, then we shall know fully, even as we are fully known. Now these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. It's a lot in there. We're not going to be able to cover all of it. We're going to basically be thinking about faith, hope, and love. There's a lot in those words there, but let's pray. Father, we thank you it's your will that we live in faith, hope, and love. We thank you it's, it's of, you, you, you're teaching us this morning, it's of paramount importance that we walk in these things. Thank you that these things remain. We thank you that love never fails. We thank you for eternity. And in this world, we are to be people 
who have faith, hope, and love as the foundation of our lives, how we relate to you, how we relate to each other. Please help us this morning, every one of us here, to grow in these attributes. Holy Spirit, would you teach us? Would you help us in our rebellious hearts? Help us in our often, often, often unwillingness to respond. Help us, Lord, soften our hearts this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Challenges are not a time to stop being full of faith, hope, and love. Challenges, rather, are the opportunity to express it and to grow in it. It's easy, isn't it, to have faith, hope, and love when you're living in Disneyland, isn't it? We don't live in Disneyland. We think we do. And then suddenly reality hits us and shaking comes. We realize this is the time now that I need to express faith, hope, and love. It's when it's in the storm. It's when you're sinking. It's when you're threatened. It's when you feel challenged. That's when we've got to express it and grow in it. That's when it really counts. Gordon MacDonald, in his book, A Resilient Life, talks about character. Character is a word that describes the default me. The default me. The person I am over the long haul in life. The person who emerges in the most difficult and challenging moments. Character identifies the attitudes, convictions, and resulting behaviors that distinguish my life. God wants your character and my character to be full of faith, hope, and love. That when we're in relationship challenges, that when we're in uh, opportunities for worry and fear, when we're in conflict, that our character is such that that's what emerges from us. May that be true. And that's what God wants to teach us today. And my, the, the, the point I want to make this morning is in, in every fight, choose faith, hope, and love. Let's say it together. In every fight, choose faith, hope, and love. So, just plug, plug that into your memory a minute, right? So when you go from this place, if someone says, what did Matt speak about today? You, you remember, in every fight, choose faith, hope, and love. That, that's what the Holy Spirit wants to help you to do. Right? That's what the Holy Spirit wants to help you to do in every fight, in every storm, in every challenge. Faith, hope, and love. So, let's start. In every fight, will you choose faith or fear? In every fight, in every storm, in every challenge, will you choose faith or fear? That's, a, that's never going away in this age. It's not like you're getting to a point in your life where suddenly you've got enough money, you've got enough security, you've built a big enough barn, you've done enough, you've done everything, you put the borders up, you put the boundaries around you, enough, enough, so everything's so safe, you're never going to have to live, walk by faith. It's not true. If you had more, you will, just, you, will, you will worry more. Right? And that's not to nullify you if you're challenging, if you've got very little. I understand that's also a challenge. 
Whatever you've got, though, or don't have, you've got your fight. That's your fight. That's the one you've got at the moment, isn't it? And we've all got our own fight. We've all got our own challenge for, to faith. We can look at each other and think it's easy for them. It's not easy for them. Everyone's got their own issues they're struggling with to trust God about. It'll be re- the relatives that you're worried about. It'll be the situation here, there, and every, you know, whatever's going on. Your children, if you, if you have children. Not being able to have children. The challenges with it. You know, there's so many challenges I could pick on. You've got your own. You could name them this morning, probably. But in every fight, will, you, will I choose faith or fear? What is faith? The word pistis, faith, faithfulness, or to be persuaded. To be persuaded. To be persuaded about God. To have faith that God exists. To, be, to, to believe, to be persuaded that what he says is true. To be persuaded that his word is true. To be persuaded that his wisdom is better than your wisdom. That his opinions are more important than your opinions. That we submit to him. That's faith. It's not always easy, is it, to submit to God? Especially when our own hearts are rebellion, rebellious often. So faith is trusting God in our lives, doing his will because we believe it's his will. Doing hard things because we believe it's his will. That's what faith is. It's not faith if it's easy. Doing, doing things in life that are easy is not faith. It's when we have to walk on the water, to use that illustration, which is a great illustration. When you have to walk on the water, that's faith. When you have to, you know, have to step out of the boat, that's faith. In the challenge, it's faith. Not in Disneyland, that's not faith. Faith has a couple of elements to it. Firstly, saving faith. Faith, it says in Romans 5.1, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith. How are you justified? Even if you don't understand what justification means, right? Justified through faith. How are you justified? And let me remind you what justification means. Justified means just as if you had lived like Christ. So when you put your faith in Jesus, faith, you've been justified through faith. When you put your faith in Jesus, your sin has been taken away on the cross and God sees you as righteous, just as if you had lived like Christ. That's the wonderful gospel. It's the good news. You're not saved by being good. You're saved because of the goodness of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah? Yes. Hallelujah. He died for you. Freely, you are justified through faith, believing him. That's the first element of faith. Justified through faith. We have peace with God. Peace with God. You need peace with God. What do we mean by that? What I mean is that our sin separates us from God. And through faith in Christ, that sin is removed. And you now have peace with God. And you are all invited to enjoy that peace only through Christ. Only through Christ. We love you if you disagree with us. We're going to be kind to you if you disagree with us. And I hope you'll be kind to us as well. 
but I'm not going to be ashamed of the gospel, which is the power of God. And these are not my words. They're the words of the Bible. They're the, it's the power of God for the salvation of everyone and anyone who will believe on Christ. So firstly, it's saving faith. Faith, hope, and love. You've got to be a man or woman of faith. Do you trust in Christ? This is of paramount importance. And then there's daily faith. Daily faith. You can be a person of faith. You believe in Jesus Christ. But are you a man or woman of daily faith? Am I? Am I walking by faith? Am I making decisions in my life by faith? This is what Hebrews 11 says. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the, the ancients were commended for. And this is the point. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as an inheritance, obeyed and went. Say went. Went, he went. Okay, Faith has verbs. It's went. By faith he gave. By faith she prayed, applied for that. By faith we do this, that, this. Not just believe on Christ, but do we live by faith each day? Will we live by faith? Like Abraham went. He went even though he did not really know where he was going. He just obeyed God. That's the great example, isn't it? In Scripture, Abraham is set out as that great example. So faith is living for God, living by, by faith. And faith is eternal as well. It says these three remain, faith, hope, and love. In other words, faith is not just this life. Faith is also eternal. That's what Paul's saying. And that's why it's so important, because this is an eternal principle that we are always to have, and we will always have it. How is faith eternal, this faith that remains? Well, of course, faith, when we see God face to face, will be different, because we'll see him face to face. Now, we do not see God face to face, do we? We see the evidences of God in creation, we see the evidences of God in one another, made in the image of God. We see the evidences of God in history, in the person of Christ, in his death and resurrection. We have the evidences of God in our own experiences of the Holy Spirit and so on. But as Paul says, you only see as in a dark glass darkly, but then you will see face to face. So faith Trust in God will be dramatically transformed when you are in heaven or when Christ comes again and the world is renewed. That's where it's all going, remember? The renewal of all things. At that point, you will still have faith. What do I mean by that? I mean for eternity, you will trust God, won't you? But your trust in God will be perfect. And the point being is, let's try to have that kind of faith in, that's like in the future, now. Then we will see face to face and have perfect faith. But right now, let's act like 
We believe God and we're seeing him face to face. Let's trust him entirely. How would your life be transformed if, you, if I really did trust God? How would, it, how would your life be transformed? It'd be massively transformed, wouldn't it? So faith is eternal and it's for now. And this is, for example, Revelation 5.12. This is the kind of faith we're going to have forever. In a loud voice, they were saying, worthy is the lamb. See, we're going to have faith in Christ. Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power, wealth, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, and praise. You see, we're going to have our faith in Jesus Christ forever. We're going to have our faith in God forever. We're going to be trusting him forever. So let's do it now. This is, this is important. Faith. Faith in Christ. Living faith. Faith is under attack, as I've said. Like Peter walking on the water. He gets out the boat. He's trusting God. He's trusting Jesus. Who is God? He's trusting him. But when he sees the wind and the waves, he begins to sink. And then Jesus grabs hold of him pulls him up and he's pulling you up this morning he's pulling you up and he says it to Peter maybe looking into his eyes and says you of little faith why did you doubt and he's pulling you up this morning he wants to pull you up say come on you of little faith stop doubting look into my eyes trust me again trust Jesus again start living for him again each day faith in every fight Will we choose faith in your faith, in your, your fight right now? In every fight, will you choose hope or hopelessness? These three remain, faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. In every fight, will we choose hope or hopelessness? And it's important that we understand what hope is. What is hope? I hope, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're a sports fan, I hope this will happen. Maybe you're a young person, you're looking into the future of your life, you hope this will happen. Maybe you, maybe you hope this won't happen. That's kind of stuff we often think about as hope. I really want to help you. Let's just remember what hope means in the context of what we're looking at here. Hope means that eternal destiny that we're going to. Hope, but the ultimate hope is Jesus coming again and restoring all things. Because so we've all, we've all um, been taught a certain way of thinking of hope. So just try and just, just, pl- just um, get this into your, your mind that when we talk about hope, when the Bible talks about hope, most of the time it's talking about heaven and the eternal age. We're looking forward to that. That's the hope, okay? It's not just hoping that this will happen next week or something, okay? So that's the, the, word, that's the way he's using the word here. It's that when we see 1 Corinthians 13, 12. Now we see in a reflection, as in a mirror, this is the age we're in. We see a kind of image of the future. Then we shall see face to face. So then, that's the hope, you will see God face to face. Now we know in part. We know God in part, don't we? We know know him to some degree. Then we shall know fully, even as we are fully known. So you see, that's the hope we're looking forward to in the context. That's 1 Corinthians 13 as well, you see. That's the context we're talking about. And, and again, there's a couple of aspects to this. There's daily hope. Every day in the challenges of my life, 
Will I remember that hope that's coming? When I'm in this storm and this difficulty, like Peter walking on the water, will I remember that Jesus is taking me to the shore? In your life, when you look forward, what do you look forward to? Do, you, do we look forward to all the, oh, life's going to be horrible in the future. Life's going to be so horrible and difficult. And there are going to be difficulties. But do you see the hope of your going to heaven because of your faith in Christ? And do you see him coming again to restore all things? Do you understand that your body is going to be raised up and renewed? That's the hope of Christianity. Just like Jesus was raised from the dead, he's called the first fruits. Say first fruits. The reason why it's called first fruits in the scriptures is because he's the first of many. You will be raised. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you, if you're a Christian. And what that really means is that he's going to, like he raised Christ, going to raise you in a resurrection body. That's what you're looking forward to, friends. That's your hope, daily hope. So when you're in the fight and the storm, will you choose hope or hopelessness? When you face death, when you face death, which, which we will do, Hebrews, Hebrews says his wonderful words that he has taken away the fear of death. The fear of death. Well, he's taken away the fear. Ideally, Christians, when we face death, should see it as a door to glory and a, what the wonderful hope that awaits us. That's what we should be living with. And it just transforms our lives. Most people have no... See, outside of this, what, 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 if we're not Christians or if, we're, we're, if we don't believe, the future is... A, what's the future about? The future is dying, that you will no longer exist, that the universe will, will die out, the heat death of the universe... The, 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 for eternity, if you can even call eternity, maybe there'll be no time in the future because of the way that things will collapse back in on itself in the universe, then, then, then that's the future, isn't it? It's kind of like all the art, all the music, all the beauty, all the things that we're all fussing around, right? All of it comes to nothing ultimately, doesn't it? Without hope. But when we understand hope, we see the future of eternity living with God. And we, we, we'll know fully, even as we're fully known. The best is yet to come. Best is yet to come. That's the hope that you're meant to live, live with, friends. And that's the eternal hope, the second hope, isn't there? You're going to have that hope. It's a daily hope, but it's also a hope we're going to have for eternity. I want you to imagine that you could have a pair of... Imagine you had a pair of binoculars, right? pair of binoculars. If you look at a pair, through a pair of binoculars, you see things magnified, don't you? And you can see closer. You can see things in more detail. You can see across the room. You can see the detailer. Imagine if you had a pair of time travel binoculars. Forgive me for my strange way of thinking but imagine you could look through binoculars that looked into the future 
So you could walk around, I could turn the dial, oh, 10 minutes in the future, and I could walk around in this world whilst looking 10 minutes into the future. That would be great, wouldn't it? Or would it? I don't know. Imagine you could turn the dial a bit more, 20 years into the future. I walk around this building, and it's uh, full of people worshipping God, and, and we're all a bit older, and uh, sorry about that. And I, you know, I look around here, and yeah, Sean's still, still playing keyboard. But imagine I could also turn that dial to 10,000 years into the future. And I look through those binoculars, what do I see? I see a renewed earth. I see you in glory. Maybe I turn it to a mirror and I see myself. Beautiful and glorious. As wonderful wonderful, resurrected Matt, you will be wonderful. You, you can't have those goggles, but you can, by faith, see that. That's what you're meant to do every day. See that. You're meant to see that and live with that future. Today, that's the hope that you're meant to have. Faith, hope, love, finally. Love. In every fight, will you choose love or selfishness? And that's the sort of opposite of love, selfishness. Say so hate. Probably hate is it's hard. It's hard to sort of work to, 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 you've got to actually define things. You know. Anyway, selfishness. These three remain: faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. In every fight, will we choose love or selfishness? What is love? Love. What is it? Agape is the word used here. Agape. Love, and so, so what, the way we define love is by looking at what the scriptures teach about it. We could look in a dictionary, but the way love is defined, and particularly this word agape, it's defined as being like Christ. Specifically, to lay your life down for the good of another, particularly those who don't deserve it. And that's the definition I always use because I hope you remember it. Can you remember that? Right? Just, just think. What is love? There's, there's other love. There's family love. There's erotic love. There's other sorts of love. But Christian love that's mentioned here is laying your life down for the good of another, particularly those who don't deserve it. What do you mean by laying your life down? I mean, I mean serving I mean, doing kindness. Jesus set the example, didn't he, of washing his disciples' feet. That's a practical example. And he says, I've done this for you, now you should do it. He doesn't mean wash each other's feet. That would be culturally weird. Oh, I'm going to get down now, and I'm going to wash your feet. That would be weird. But I can say to you, how's your week gone I can say, oh, anything I can pray for you about. I can, you know, I can take an interest in you. And I'm sure we can all do more than that, can't we? We can actually get in each other's lives. And that's the point, importance about community groups, isn't it? To know each other, to be close enough to each other. But love, laying your life down for the good of another, particularly those who don't deserve it. Get it? Yeah, it's in there. Okay? So that's agape. So will we choose to do that? In the storms of life. So when you don't like the person, when they're being obnoxious, when they're being selfish, when they're being annoying, 
when they're criticizing you, will you love them? Say, oh no, they've crossed the line. What line? What's the line they cross? See, this is the thing, isn't it? It's love when there is no line. That's what love is. Love doesn't have a line. To, to this point, now I can hate you. No, that's not Christianity. It, we love each other no matter what. And that, I agree with you. That's too much for me. I agree with you. It's really hard. But may the Holy Spirit give us grace to grow in it. That's all I can say. Daily, love. We need to love others. Serve others. We can choose. This is what we've just read earlier, didn't we? Love is, in, in verses 4 to 7, love is patient, love is kind, does not envy, does not boast, it's not proud, it's not rude, does not dishonor others, it's not self-seeking, not easily angered, keeps no record of wrongs. How much record of wrongs does love keep? Another word for that is forgiveness, isn't it? Love keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Now, we've gone through those things in the past, but you can see the point. Will I choose that or will I choose selfishness? Will I choose to be easily angered or will I choose to forgive? Will I choose to be patient and kind or will I choose selfishness and just walk away and, and you know, throw you off. I can't be bothered with you lot. Will we love like Christ loves us? The greatest of these is love. Now love is eternal. These three remain. Love. Now how is love eternal? Well love is eternal in the sense that forever you will perfectly love God first. And forever you will perfectly receive the love of God which at the moment can feel sometimes distant, right? And forever you will perfectly love your brothers and sisters. In heaven, how, how will you love your brothers and sisters? Perfectly, right? Because you'll be like Christ. It's not like I don't need to love anybody anymore because I'm in heaven and I'm in glory. No, you will love. There'll be an existence, a kind of existence we don't really know, we can speculate, but it'll be an existence that bears some resemblance to this, and we will perfectly love each other. It will be a wonderful world, won't it? We'll perfectly love God. We'll perfectly receive his love. We'll perfectly give his love. And the greatest of faith, hope, and love is love. The greatest is love. Now, why is the greatest love? There's lots I could say about it. But we've got to remember the context. The context here is about building others up. The Corinthians were using their gifts selfishly, to, that's why it talks a lot about gifts there, that they will pass away. They were using their gifts and using their abilities and using their status and so on to build themselves up and puff themselves up. And, he, and Paul is saying, no, what I want you to do, rather, is to love each other and build each other up. And the greatest way of doing that is to love. The greatest, Faith, hope and love, what's going to most build up the church? Love. Because let me explain why. I know Christians who have faith in God, pray for the sick, faith in God, he died for them, but they're not loving. 
They're not loving. I've known men who've had deep faith in God. Very, oh, faith, full of faith. But their marriages are terrible. They're not loving. You know, you can have hope, can't you? You can, you, can, you can believe for heaven. You can believe you're going to heaven. You can believe the world's going to be renewed and wonderful. But you can still fail to be devoted to your local church and not love her as Christ loves her, can't you? There's many Christians like that. The greatest of these is love. Because love above faith and hope builds the church. And so the ideal character is faith and love combined with hope makes you a mature Christian like Christ. Because then you've got the love of God in your heart, the love of God for others. You've got faith in you. You've got hope for the future, but you're, you're blessing other people around you as well. You're not just selfish about it. And brothers and sisters, we must love each other and have hope and have faith. The band's going to come up. We're going to worship together. So your faith, hope, and love in every fight, will you choose faith? Will you choose to trust God right now in your challenges? Will you choose to have hope? Will you choose to have that vision in your life? And will you choose to love? Will you choose to love each other in this church? And that's the context here, remember? I know that the world, we, there's people outside the church to love and so on, but that's not the context of the passage. The context of the passage is loving the church. Will we choose to be loving to each other? And we've all got a long way to go here, friends, haven't we? So let's stand. We're going to break bread in a while, and that's going to be an opportunity for us to say, yes, Lord, I'm going to commit myself to faith, hope, and love. Let's stand. So, Father, please teach us to have faith, hope, and love. Please teach us, Lord. Thank you, it's your will and your desire, and you're, you are so kind to us. Please, like you did to Peter, would you, would you pull us up as we're sinking often? Pull us up, Lord, into fresh faith and hope and love this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.